y'all. When I tell you I have a podcast that I was like, I'm not going to upload this. And then I was listening to some more of what they were saying. And I'm like, I have to upload this. And I was like, nah, they ain't ready. They're not ready. So I went ahead and I unpublished it. And I'm going to go into my... um, What do you, there was a there was a there was a, a point in time where I was talking about how I would kind of just um be talking and you're gonna have to pick up what I'm saying without me I'm gonna beat around the bushes right I might upload it but if I upload it but let me let me say this I I think that even I talk about how like listening to Cynthia G that has changed my life I think absolutely right I started listening to Prince, Princella Clark and she starts to help you kind of understand w- w- why certain things, <laughs> why certain people say things. And maybe it's a good thing that I do this podcast first so that if I go ahead and re-upload the, the other podcast, you're going to hear me kind of struggling with very raw emotions about what I'm hearing. And then I come back on there and I, I, I've i had time to kind of think about like, wait a minute, where am I falling into all of this? Why do I feel this way? Why is it coming out this way? And kind of like course correcting and kind of figure out what I, what I want to be 10 toes on. But Princella Clark talks about boy moms. <clears throat> and I think that once you listen to that, one of the things I said in the podcast that I, I'm, I'm still debating if I'm going to upload it. If I do it, it's one of those things like if I, excuse me, if I upload it, it's going to be the equivalent of me just putting like lighting, like pouring that, that car with gasoline, with kerosene, lighting the match and just walking away as it explodes. Like that would be the equivalent. Like at this point, if I came back and you know, nobody, you know, there's no, like, my, my listenership just drops to, like, damn near zero to that 16-year-old that doesn't have any kids or something like that, and then, therefore, they're not feeling any kind of way about it. That That's that's how I feel about that podcast, right? Because I do low-key go in. I do talk about how, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, what the hell is going on here? But when I came back um to do a, what would have been, like, a part two to that, I had to realize I'm listening to boy moms and it's the reason I'm not subscribed. And I think it makes so much sense too, because when you understand how boy moms move, it, and I talk about it in, in the video that in the podcast that might or might not be uploaded, like even my interactions in the workplace with them, they just move different. It is what it is. My mom is a boy mom, y'all. And I talk about even being on the, on the other side of it too, like uh, in case I don't upload that other podcast, I have burn marks on my body from my brothers, right? One, they've stolen from me. I've had the detective say like, oh, by the way, guess who st- you know, stole your car? And I'm like, who? Da-da-da-da. Well, we have the last name. So he's going to guess it's one of two things. It's either your husband or your brother or an uncle. <clears throat> okay. I've had my brothers, one of my brothers tear my house the fuck up, like a nice house, new carpet, new AC, really nice, you know, vaulted ceilings, like tear, tear my house apart. And I say that because with my, with, with me having a mom 
and I've talked about it. Yeah, you know, I'm an adult now and I understand things, but she identifies more with her sons. <laughs> um, to the point where when those things happened to me, like right before she left, I reminded her about the, I, it's a visible burn mark on my arm. My, my mom, and it, and I remember pivotal moments. I talk about like the one time my mom let me go to a friend's house and they gave me Coca-Cola and like my parents didn't want me to go to hell because we're not supposed to drink caffeine. And like the one time she trusts her child to go with a family that goes to the same Christian school, same private school, and they give me caffeine. And now it's like they see themselves going to the pearly gate. And it's like I didn't make it because they trusted this one person and completely violated their trust and went against the doctrines of the church type of thing. But um, another key pivot moment was my mom has always been more of like a stay-at-home mom. But I think one of the turning points for her was that she had left to take care of something. She, Whenever I think of my mom leaving, she was never gone for long. Like, it, you know, maybe like two to three hours, four hours max, and then she's back in the house. <clears throat> and so she had left for just a little bit, and my dad was taking care of us. And one of my brothers, we were making pancakes, but we were using like oil in, in like a griddle, like a a pan. <clears throat> and so I still remember like the slow-mo. We were in a one bedroom, one bath at the time. But we were, I was the oldest and we're all two years apart. So um, me being, I don't, I, I don't think I was more than eight or nine years old. I don't think I was more than nine years old. Um, but I was definitely in school. So yeah, I was either, I want to say, yeah, like eight, not a day over, not, not anything closer to, to 10 or anything like that. And so the brother right after me, he would have been like maybe six, five or six. And so I remember the, the pan had nothing in it. And so he just picked up the spatula and he had put it in the, in the frying pan and he held it there for 10 seconds. So I'm just standing there, you know, with my kids, with, the, the young, with my kids, with my brothers. And so the two younger babies, they were like to the left-hand side. And my dad was on the right-hand side of me. And he just picked it up and put it on my hand. And you could hear the sizzling and the burning and everything. And it ended up growing into these big bubbles. And my mom had to treat it. And I still have the scar. I still have the scar of when he did that. And they asked him, like why did you do that? And he's just like, I just wanted to see what would happen. And, um, I, I mentioned, cause now that I'm more aware of stuff and I went, I, I told you this, I, I, I've had to come to the realization. My mom is a boy mom, right? So for everybody else who lives a perfect life, like shout outs to you. And I, I'm so careful too, because I know that growing up Christian, it's easy for me to grow up like holier than like say things that are holier than now, but at least I kind of acknowledge my my mess and I kind of kind of understand that I'm coming across as kind of like <laughs> thinking that my poop don't stink um type of a thing <clears throat> and so I asked her about it before she went back to Costa Rica because I just wanted to see what her thought process was on the thing and the whole time she didn't say anything didn't apologize didn't like reprimand the whole situation it was just kind of like and I you know I'm showing her that the scar right there it's visible on my arm now that I'm a little bit darker you can't really see it 
but I used to be like a little bit more like caramel complected. And so you could see it. It looks like a, a, a big scab wound and stuff. You know, and it, that that's just kind of like the to if I had to surmise my whole life growing up with boys, that's how it's been. So like even when when another brother tore up my house, he had been living with me rent free in my house for at least a year. And I did come up on financial difficulty and I asked him, I, I, I could go on and on with that story because I was definitely being exploited. But um, and so I asked him to help me with the utilities um, and at the time it wasn't even expensive. I think it was like maybe a hundred dollars a month. And that's all I needed to just, I do a zero budget. So I will cover mortgage, car insurance, food, and then the rest of it, it just, you know, but down to the penny. And I remember <laughs> a couple of times it was like down to 25 cents, like in my account, but I paid everything I needed to, right? So I never asked him for rent or anything. Of course, the way that he moved in was he was supposed to, to visit me to reconcile. Next thing I know, he pulls up with like a, the equivalent of a U-Haul. We hadn't spoken in years. Like um, the last time we had spoken was when he was 18. And then when um, like maybe eight years after that, he we ended up talking because my parents were like, oh, you need to reconcile. And every time it's her birthday and Mother's Day, she's like, the only thing I want is for my children to get along and to get to be together. So we had had one of those conversations and they put me on the phone with them. And then he's like, okay, well, I'll come visit. But I'm thinking we're going to go to lunch, you know, try to figure out where things went wrong. No, he pulls up at the front of my house with a like, um, it wasn't a U-Haul, but it was one of those like storage box houses, storage box trucks. And he just starts moving in. And so he was there for a year and I, you know, was even thinking along the lines of like in a couple months and I'm the, the. Utility costs kept going up and everything too. Um, he would have his friends come over. He had one of his girlfriends come over and she had five sisters. And so I was trying to figure out why the utilities were going up so high. But instead of him even asking me, he um, had what they would do is they would bring over like, you know, those tall towers of um, laundry, like not the small baskets, like the ones that come up to your waist. I say your waist because to me, it would probably be like around my thighs. But, you know, since I'm tall, but on the average person is going to come up to their waist. They would they were bringing in um, several of those with with blankets and um, I caught them and they didn't think that I was at home for whatever reason. And so I came out um, to the living room and I could see through the, the door, the it's like a metal mesh door. And they were like trying to pull the stuff out the car and take it into wash. Never came in to greet me, never came in to say hi, you know, just straight up disrespectful energy. Fast forward, I ended up renting the room to one of his girlfriends. When they left in the midst of him tearing up my house, um, and he also let my dogs out. Um, to this day, my Bruno is scared of him. Um, I'm pretty sure he brutalized my dog. I, I talked to my parents about that all the time and they just failed. They never addressed the issue. Like he, he definitely had to have kicked them or something. So he let my dogs out and, um, when, she, cause they, he and her planned to move out together and she stopped paying rent. So I had seen her in the morning again, for whatever reason, they didn't think I, I happened to come home for just something random. I came home from work and see what well, she was in the kitchen 
And so I said, hey, I need the rent. And she's like, yeah. And just completely rude. Never mind that I had given her a place. I had fixed up that whole room, new paint, new hardwood floors, new white twin size, like um, double size, full size bed, new mattress, everything. Like really nice um, setting. Had a bathroom all to herself. Stopped paying. But at that point, her and her brother, the reason my, my brother, part of the reason he was mad and they decided to move out is because I asked him to pay rent. And he felt like, oh, the audacity, the audacity. You think I'm going to pay rent? I'm not going to pay rent. Ah, ah, whatever. So, but he didn't tell me he was planning to move out. I didn't know they were planning to move out either. So she's like, yeah. So I just go in my room, get whatever I need. And then I left. Well, when I came back home, um, house was completely destroyed, right? He had taken stuff out of the fr the, the fridge and smeared it all across the countertops. I had like um, blueberry mix. So all the countertops were stained. Um, he had taken out the refrigerator. Um, his room had stuff scattered all around it. And uh, I went to the to look in the other rooms. And the bathroom, she had put all of her... She had had her period. And she put her pads all up and through the the bathroom. Just like smeared and all this other stuff. Like all everywhere just pat you know use menstrual cycle pads everywhere so i come back out and i'm like um okay this is this definitely sucks part of it too when i had left something told me because he um he used to be um milit he used to be in the navy and one of the times it started to get kind of threatening um right after i asked him to help me with rent he put up a um you know, like those shoot those those sheets that they put to shoot at the range and the precision on it. So he knows how to use a gun and it was like more of a threatening type of a thing. And I was scared to be at home with him by myself. So but um, so I had left because I could tell the energy was just really bad. So I just went home to, you know, to my parents house and hung out for a little bit. And then when I came back. That's when I found the house totally destroyed. And I'm glad I did leave because I think he would have tried to take that anger out on me physically because even like he took the anger out on my dogs. So when I was like, oh my gosh, this place is like, it's like in the movies, like every, you just stop hearing everything and you're just walking like a zombie throughout the house and everything like that. And then finally, like the sounds came back to me and I'm like, oh my gosh, my dogs. I'm like, let me put my dogs to bed and then I'm going to, you know, just start cleaning the house when I'm done Um, type of a thing. And again, like some people have like the perfect, you know, perfect father, perfect son, perfect husband. I'm going to make sure to put that in the description. If, if that's you and you are a boy mom and you have the perfects in it, don't come on my channel. Just, just stay the, just stay the fuck off. Like, other thing. So, um, I open the sliding door to the backyard and I'm calling for my dogs. Nothing. When I tell you my stomach dropped, I was like, oh my God, he killed my dogs. <sighs> Put on the porch light. And I go, cause I had trained them like we had, and sometimes I, I still do it with my little one, Bruno. They get, I trained them that when I say bedtime, they get so excited. It's like the typical, um, Pavlov response. 
And I train them that it's time to go to the back back door to the garage. And then I put them in their little crates and I um, give them a little treat. So they freaking love it because they're comfortable in their little beds and they get a treat. And then in the morning, we do the same thing all over again. They get a treat on for breakfast and then I let them out to go play and I go to work. And, you know, by that time, they're excited, too, because, you know, I'm home and all that stuff. So I'm like, bedtime, treat, bedtime, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I can't even say the TR, T, treat, or too loud because my little one, he's going to be looking at me for that word. <laughs> he reacts so quick to that word. Yeah, he's not even, okay. So, um, so, um, then I turn on the light and I'm in the backyard and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to find bodies. They're nowhere to be found. So I'm like, oh my God, what happened to my dogs? Well, he had opened up the gate and let the dogs out. And so at that point, I call another brother, um, the one that doesn't like black girls. <clears throat> and he said, he's like, well, I'm with my daughter right now. I would help you look for the dogs, but I'll help you first thing in the morning. So at that point, I'm in tears, y'all, because those are my babies, like, Baby, <laughs> not me snorting. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that sounded so funny. <laughs> uh, all right. trying to push through because I'm not going to be <laughs> I'm not going to be able to finish the story but my dogs are okay <laughs> I'm not going to be able to finish <sighs> Let me try to push through this. Um, but I think I'm going to go ahead and upload the other podcast. And, and it's going to add so much more understanding to why I'm reacting the way that I am and why I'm saying things. And I think that uh, 
one of the things that I like you'll hear in the second segment, and I think is that I'll try to reiterate here too, is that you know sometimes we we take advice from people and we take it as a blanket statement, but a lot of times you have to consider the source. You have to consider the source, right? And so when you understand, and, and again, if you want context for that, I think Priscilla has, I, not I think, I know. She has several um, videos on it. She talks about it several times. Boy moms will call in to her. I can't pretend to know what they have to go through. Um, but um, it kind of adds understanding to why sometimes when you get advice from other quote-unquote women why they will tell you certain things right like this kind of explains the whole ayana thing too right i think even with my mom i talk about like part of it sometimes yeah there's betrayal there too and it, both of both my parents because, you know you conflate it with the boy mom thing and you you add the um layer of christianity and being your brother's keeper and forgiving and turning the other cheek and to this day like even for mother's day even though i was the only one that got her something and we spent time together and stuff and everything i was the only one in 2023 that did anything and she will still sit and tell me like the only thing i want for my mother's day is for all of my children to get along and to get a get to get together you know what i'm saying and it's like <clears throat> i think that it kind of sucks a little bit, but I have to allow the boy moms to have their own community and raise their sons. And I talk about how sometimes there's so many gaslighting things that go on because I think the best thing for black women to do right now is that 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 do not have a husband and that do not have boy male children to do is... Just stay away from their energy for now. I think that there's so many things that have to course correct before we go back to that energy where we're extending the olive branch and we're letting our guard down and we're being vulnerable and we're doing the coddling thing, right? I think that it comes down to survival, right? Limiting our proximity to that. But when you understand how boy moms talk, it's not in their best interest for you to tell them not to feed their son, to take care of their son, and then God forbid, because of the whole dynamics with, that comes with it, they're that one and far and few between that it's like their one husband and their one son are just so perfect that it's like, you know, maybe y'all just need to choose better, you know? And part of it too is kind of like... um that whole idea of like, now you're going to send women out there looking for that unicorn of like, well, maybe if I date better, maybe if I vet better, then I'm going to find a really nice guy like so-and-so's husband. And if I and so you put yourself in this situation, you already have a history. You already have a history that matches what everybody else is going going through. But that one person in the corner is just being like, well, well, my man, 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 my man. Right? When that is not the what spills over to the other areas. And so, and then the other thing that I had a grave issue with, because I'm not sure if I'm going to upload the other po um, podcast or not. 
Um, I probably need to heal some energy around it and, and put something a little bit more concise to it. But part of the argument was kind of like, oh, it should be okay for single mothers, single black mothers to give money to single fathers on Father's Day. And then equivocating it in a gaslighting type of way to make it seem like, oh, well, you're just mean spirited. No, if I have to give money, I'm going to give it to other women. I'm going to get way more bang for my buck if I give it to my mom, my cousins, my girlfriends, the waitress, the per the woman behind me. Like it's going to pay way more forward than me giving it to a man. And so it's like, well, he's a good man because he's involved in his. And I was like, well, if you wanted to give money, I think I like this message so much better. So I'm not going to give the other one because you're definitely going to get like, I, there's a reason I, I, I didn't want to upload too, because it's like, I, I was really struggling with it, but you can hear me push through. But if you if you have children, it, I'm not saying don't give up on your sons. You have an obligation to help your sons, right? And so um, I don't think that women should be giving money to men, period. And it made me think about like, oh my gosh, if she was in our spaces, she's encouraging us to engage with them because of her man and her scenario and putting these other women in danger. I think that... Boy moms need to stick together. I think they need each other. But don't gaslight the rest of us into putting ourselves into situations. And it's so, it's gaslighting supreme because it's like, it's not my fault if you, all the men that you know are out here toe-tagging you. I live in a perfect community. I've never been a, I've never been a baby mama. I've never, you know, I've always had a, a, a man and, and my child is all honors and he's a protection provider. Okay, well then, cool. And, and I, I'm so careful with it, too, because um, sometimes I do feel like I did dodge the bullet on certain things. Like if I tell you uh, for as much as I repeat certain things about like even my exes, there's so much more that lies below the surface that when I tell you I dodged certain bullets, I definitely did. And I think that um, just because I do live in the suburbs or I do have an education and, you know, Probably not the closest proximity, but I do run into them every once in a while. I'm not going to be out here. And, and I talk, and I think part of it too, you even hear it when I say like, I understand. I come from a two-parent home. I know what it's like to have a two-parent home. I also understand what it's like to have a father who didn't have a father. I also have been able to see firsthand and up, up close and personal that having a two-parent home does not mean that the boys are going to come out. You can put them in private school if you want to. You can take them to church and limit their TV and limit their music and watch their friends if you want to. Have the father in the home, great father in the home, you know, given the circumstances that he has. It don't mean shit. I'm not going to be so selfish to make it seem like, oh, yeah, like just because my dad was there for me, that that's, this is going to be the outcome that all young ladies are getting. You know what I'm saying? And I and I think that I would much rather like when you start to peel back the layers and you start to see like if, if you know who I'm talking about, then, you know, but so you have somebody who's a, a boy mom that's never been a, sing, a bit single baby mom. So she doesn't know what it's like to raise him on her own and all those dynamics. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is that 
Um, when 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 they're talking about this lady giving money to uh to single fathers on Father's Day, you can she didn't do that for Mother's Day. She didn't give it to other mothers. The other issue and part of the thing I don't want to make this too long and but I don't want to upload the other po- podcast. But one of the things I talk about is especially in the life insurance sector that I'm in. When I see how many women and how many stories I hear about women that are retiring that don't have their stuff together um, and you're giving your money to whole entire grown able-bodied men, I don't think women should, I don't care if you are pro-black man or you're not. Um, But she didn't give that to women, you know, she gave that to, to men and I don't know what why she did that. Part of it is probably because she has a son, but I, w- I was like, wouldn't that money go much further if she put it towards his tuition or his education or her retirement fund so that when he gets older, she's not having to depend on him and then cripple his ability to be a protector and provider for his family instead of her having to live off of him? That money could have been put to better use. Or if she had given it to women, that money would have gone, she would have gotten way more bang for her buck. But... You know, it's one of those things. And so the whole time you're just hearing my man, my man, my man, my man um, type of a thing. But I don't think like if you're single right now, consider it a blessing, like keep your safe self safe. And I think that <clears throat> you trying to send me back into the rose bushes and tell me like, oh, you're going to find the perfect rose. I mean, look, I can look from here. You know what I'm saying? I can take it in with my eyes, but I don't have to run through those rose bushes. Like, I just think it's too risky right now. In this in this whole scenario, I think if people present themselves and and you want to go through that vetting process, then by by all means. But I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of this whole like not all men thing. That was the other thing I mentioned, and I'm gonna keep this at thirty minutes. I I don't know if I'm gonna upload the other podcast or not. But we the black community in particular, we've tried the not all black men narrative, and I think it's dangerous now. But we've been been tried it. So the whole not all black men thing puts you into this situation where you're going to keep trying over and over again, despite the results that you've gotten. And, you know, you're going to take that one out of 100 scenarios. And because of people's egos, because this was one of the things I was trying to articulate in the podcast that I uploaded before, because I was struggling in it and I like it to keep it for my records. But I felt what I was going through and I was processing what, why I was feeling it and why, right? Well, the one thing I noticed about human nature is if like if one person says something, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, my husband is perfect too. My husband is perfect too, da, da, da. And these women out here are just being hateful. Oh, my son is perfect too. My son has said he would protect me. No. No, same thing too. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, all of us been thinking the same idea. All of us already understand black male pathology. All of us been been knowing that, you know, they they are have testosterone that affects them. All of a sudden, all of us just know this type of stuff, right? So, it's like this this unrealistic thing of like now you're sending young women out there against their own experiences, against the statistics and the data that are presented in in the collective and you're going to have them going. And this is exactly why young women are swiping right because, and going back and and we'll be looking at black girl on loss and be like, wow, how did this woman end up with this guy? How did she give him a chance? Oh, because there's language out there that not all black men. 
And that's why I think it kind of pissed me off too, because this same gaslighting person is kind of like, oh, I, I'm not even subscribed. It just came up on my thing because the Carlicia, Carlicia, Carlicia thing is is coming up, so it came up on my on my um, Bruno. <laughs> it came up on my on my algorithm, but it's like, oh well, it's not our fault that you live in a neighborhood where you're gonna be getting toe tagged. Like where I'm at, it's safe, and um, you know my father this and da da da. Listen, it, it's dangerous because if you Again, and this is this is why they need their community. I'm going to leave it alone. This is why they need their community. But I think that when you compare it to other women that are not that don't have those boundaries or parameters. Boy moms or whatever, they're just going to have to have their own community and figure out how to raise their boys. If you want if you want to be pro men, help your sons. I don't think you should be giving money to grown able bodied men. I just don't. But at the same time, she's telling us to be nice to men and understand that not all of them are bad. And using the same language that a lot of these black men say too, like, oh, don't don't bleed on somebody else that didn't cut you. That they've been saying that. And then imagine my surprise when I hear her saying that. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are done. Do not recommend. When I tell you we are done here, yeah, we are done here. Like when you start parroting black men's talking points. I just and mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah no this is this is where you and I go this is the fork in the road um definitely gonna pivot and yeah so but um yeah that whole thing is like well it's not my fault if every single man you know is out here toe tagging people and has a criminal record and da 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 okay well then cool cookie for you. You know? <sighs> All right. Time for me to decompress a little bit. <sighs> I'm thankful it is not hot out here. <gasps> ah! I don't know if you heard the squirrel. I don't know if you heard him cla- um, jump up on the tree. <laughs> scared it hey oh he's so cute (laughs) oh my gosh that one is so funny ah y'all all right well just take some time to decompress i know that you know what i don't even know if i'm gonna upload this we will see we'll see (laughs) if it's not up then it's not up but um we'll see maybe I, i need to flush some stuff out a little bit more We'll see. I'll give it a give it a chance. I'm gonna go get something to drink. There's like a I have a favorite hibiscus drink, and that I like to drink, and it gets me out of the house, which I think will be good because I have an appointment at five o'clock, y'all, and then at six I get my I need to apply for my insurance license, and then I think at seven I have a ins- life insurance training. And those, they like to go all the way until like 9 o'clock at night. So, um, I will check back with you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow, I get my hair done. My pink hair got here. So, I need to soak it in some vinegar water and wash it out and let it dry before my appointment, y'all. Um, I, the one that I wanted, it, um, I guess I didn't hit buy on it. I, I think I had gotten distracted, so... 
But there's another color that I like that I got. So I'll just wear that one first. And then next month I'll wear the the other one that I really, really, well, I like both of them. It's just that they have, one has a gradient type of thing. So it's bright pink. And the other pink one, I thought it was going to be more of like a pastel color. But this one's kind of more, I would think it was thinking it was going to be more of like a cotton, cotton candy color. But this one, the color is off a little bit and the length, like if it was longer, I feel like I could pull it off. But um, yeah, so I'm going to send that one back. <clears throat> I can probably return it when I head back for my hairdresser appointment. So, because I, usually I don't like to go out too many times. So I'll just run all my errands in one shot and then go. So, yeah, I'm bored. I'm just going to get something to drink, go for a drive out. And I like it too because I get to beat the crowd. Like right now, everybody's at work. So, I can... um go out, get back home, and then four or five o'clock, people start setting, heading home and more traffic and stuff like that. So I'm going to do it while it's nice and quiet outside. I don't know, y'all. Just just, just bear with me. It sounds like this, like it would be nice to have a comments, the comments and stuff, just to hear people out. Um, I could say it's kind of, <laughs> oh my gosh, is that that's the second squirrel? Oh my goodness, so funny. Um, if it's on popular opinion and just kind of writing that, that, um, wavelength where it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm not going to necessarily agree with everybody. I feel like, yeah, if they need to have their own space, then they need to. But I think my biggest concern is that, wow, I'll be taking advice from you and that's not in my best interest. I, I honestly don't think that me helping males is in my best interest. It's in your best interest and you have a responsibility. You had those kids. So you need to figure out how to get them through school, make sure they got male leadership and whatever, whatever, what have you. But don't gaslight the rest of us to try to get to run into that burning building with you. <laughs> yeah. So that's it, y'all. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Bruno. What's up? What is good, Divine Dolls? All right. So... <laughs> Fast forward, I'm in the car. Um, I'm just going to keep it short, but I worked on the description and the title. And so I think what one of the things that I'm catching on to is that I, I really want us to be more woman-centered. And so we all, you know, when I put in the title, married women, um, boy moms versus single women, it's like we do share that commonality, but I, I'm not saying it to be disrespectful. I'm just kind of telling them, like, hey, stay in your lane. I acknowledge it. I think you need to have a need for each other. But don't tell us women to take on the mothering nature. That's your responsibility that you chose to. Oh, I'm going to take the back. Backside. They're not ready for me in these sheets. Yeah. So, but, so when it comes to women experiences, I think what, what happened and why there could have been the appropriate fallout that there was, I think is because, you know, are we both women? Yes. Are we both black? Yes. But then when you start to look at how some of us are processing life and stuff like that, if I'm in a space taking advice from a married woman, yeah, she's going to tell me to go back out there and she's not paying attention to the, to the, to the bigger picture at hand in terms of the relationship between men and women. You're already, you're already, you know, one foot in there. And then if you have sons, 
listen, I, I have to respect it too. I talk about it because I've said if I were if I were a white male or if I was a white woman, I would absolutely be the most religious Bible thumper to ever thump a Bible in the history of Bible thumping history, dumb, okay? I promise you. I would be slapping the shit, the dog shit out of people, and then blatantly boldly just look at them in their face and be like, oh, you need to turn the other cheek, <laughs> and then just run off, like, whatever. Like, just blatant disregard. I would absolutely use, um, I would absolutely weaponize Christianity. And if I were um, a white person, I, I, I get it, right? So with that being said, it's kind of like I, I understand that it's not in your best interest to be like, oh, well, I have um, a father that was in the home or I have sons, so I don't feel comfortable addressing the issue um, because my son, not my son, but my son is, is not your demographic. So then, therefore, the bigger issue that is at hand is what's happening, I think, with men and women, All right? And so that's why I feel like I, I am a little bit vulnerable. It's not, and I thought about this, it's not the most comfortable, like, hey, like, silently raise his hand, it's in the corner, it's in the back of the classroom, and it's like, everybody's like, oh, we need a father in the home, and I raise my hand, I'm like, I know I come from a two-parent home, but let me tell you what I saw on the inside. Do I represent everyone? No. No. But let's not be out here pretending like a father in the home solves everything when it doesn't, Okay. And let's not pretend that just because your son is an honor student that that's not the issue. And and with that being said, one of the conversations that was coming up is that this is the thing. I think that even I hope that I'm coming across distinguished, too, when we say that not all women are the same, too. Are there women uh, that were saying negative things about the young man that protected his mother? Yeah. That didn't even cross my mind in terms of, like, going off on that young man. I think that it's a great model. Um, I I think that, um, you know, we, we were talking a little bit about the movie Craven, The Hunter. It's a new movie that's coming out by Marvel, and it's dealing with the theme of what it means for a son to counter the narrative of what his father created and the patriarchy and how to use your power for good. I love that. I'm definitely going to go watch it. It comes out in October, which is my birthday month. So I'm going to definitely be listening to that. So is that there that possibility? Yes. Um, can we hope for better terms of events? Yes. But we have issues at hand right now, right? And I think the same thing that can be said about, like, me, how I relate, the way I relate to white people or non-black people is I'm going to give you the chance to to expose yourself. So, if you're racist, then I'm going to deal with you the way that I need to, right? But if you're not racist and you understand that there are certain things, certain wrongs that were done, then we're cool. And so that's how I feel with boy moms, too, because I've heard them call in to, like, the other show that I was talking about earlier. And some of them get it and some of them don't, right? Some people are like, yeah, no, I have my sons and it does match. And so... You know, for that, like, yeah, is the community going to give support to her and be like, you know, do the best you can. Here are resources that you can have access to and provide her support and let her do what she needs to without interfering with what all is going on with her son. Because then what it basically boils down to is who's going to date her son. And it's like, oh, well, I, I know the mom. I feel 
that's for the mom. So, and the mom said she raised him good. So let me, you know, go date him and lay up under him and and stuff like that. So I just, mm, you know, it is women experiences. It's making me rethink like the sisterhood a little bit. I can respect the boundaries. I'm not gonna go so far as to be like, oh, well, that little young man that um, well, I'm gonna say little, but that that young man that protected his mom is the equivalent of all black men. I actually surprisingly believe that, um, and I think part of it too is because he's visible, because we don't have, you know, all these upstanding representatives out there, right? And and they're surreptitiously quiet, right? This is, this was part of my problem too, because it's like, well, if there were so many good black men, then where are they? Where are they? Oh no, the quote unquote good black men are quietly like just quiet and staying on bro code they're not out here trying to counter that narrative or whatever so with that young man you know um i think it's good for him i'm not going to be like other women and be like oh you know he's the same black man da, 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 da. i think that's a little extreme i i think we have some people that are a little bit extreme <laughs> um but but i think that it's you know, if you can understand what happens on a higher level in terms of what they put out in the media and what we're given access to, we are celebrating the narrative of the young man that's able to break down the the, the, the patriarchy. But right now, as it stands, it's not like you have black men out here speaking out against, matter of fact, you know, and so because they're silent, they're complicit. Right, it's the same thing between being anti-racist and um and not being racist, right? Two completely different things. So, with all with all I'm saying is like, you know, let the let the boy moms um huddle together. I, my friends, I have friends, you know, one of my godsons, she's a boy mom and she's married too. But that being said, it's like she stays in her, her space. I'm gonna grow my account the way I need to and make sure that when, you know, if anything happens to me, he's going to get a cut and hopefully his parents do the right thing and teach him financial literacy and how to manage it and keep it for generations to come. But outside of that, you know, that, that that's not for me to go and lay up under other people. And it's crazy, too, because, like, even when I talk about that, the, the one that's married and she has a son, I notice the language, too. She has the same language, Right. And it's kind of like she knows the the heartbreak I went through, especially with the last relationship. And I feel like her whole thing is kind of like, well, you just need to choose better and get back out there. Absolutely not. That's not the solution. You know, and so and so I have to respect that if you're married, I'm not going to intrude and tell them like, oh, girl, you're just greatly wrong. No, I'm going to let it right out. I'm going to check back on you in seven years. And if you're still married, then... By all means, keep on trucking, but don't tell me to try to get into something that just is not in my best interest, which is, again, coming around full circle. I feel like when, when we, because we took it for granted that we're all women in the same spaces, that we all have the same best interest, and we don't. We don't all have the best interest. You're talking from the standpoint of protecting your son and how he's going to be treated when women are starting to make decisions about who they're going to date, who they're going to give a chance to, and the rest of us just passing on by. All right, y'all, I'm, I'm going to talk to y'all later.